This week on the Big Three on Fire Edition podcast, we're talking playoffs and we recap this week's games and get you pumped up for the championship game next week in Las Vegas. Because there's nothing else happening in Vegas that night. Absolutely nothing. Fuck you, Mayweather. Let's go. He's heating up. Back to the Big Three on Fire Edition podcast. I am your host Sean here with my co-host Jimmy. How's it going? Uh, good to be here. Good to be here, Sean. And uh, this week, just like Gary Payton, we're bringing that playoff intensity <laughs> and the playoff plaid as well. Uh, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this week took place in Seattle, which has really been missing basketball the last decade, actually. Oh, you know just how to drive it into their hearts, don't you, Sean? (laughs) I mean, if anything, I just think that this big three event and the turnout and all of that is a good inclination that Seattle deserves to have basketball again. Yeah, well, definitely more so than Charlotte. Yeah, (laughs) Charlotte or Sacramento or... Really, that list could go on. I know, Minnesota. (laughs) Well, I guess they have uh, Jimmy Butler now, but... Still, there's plenty of garbage teams that could be moved. Um, garbage teams, garbage fans. You heard me, Sacramento. I'm calling you out, bro. Mm, yeah, take that, Chris Weber. <laughs> the single Sacramento fan, Chris Weber, <laughs> only because he used to play. Um, but yeah, pretty exciting week. We are in the first week of our playoffs now, which we have been really just waiting for here. You knew that. Certain teams were going to be going. Last week was exciting to see how the placement went. I mean, ultimately, it turned out how you thought it was going to when it came to the, you know, who was going to make it into the playoffs. But um, it was still a really exciting road to get there. Yeah, and um, really every game this week just brought that intensity. Uh, Even for the teams that weren't in the, or that were in the losers bracket. uh, I mean, just great games all around. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it was cool, you know, having it. Everyone in Seattle seemed to be really excited about having a bunch of NBA players there. It was really cool, especially for, you know, like Rashard Lewis, you know, who's from the area, getting to kind of go back to where he came from and play. Yeah, no, uh, I, I believe Rashard Lewis was drafted by them as a teenager. Yeah. And uh, it was his first team. And he was on that team with uh, Gary Payton. And Ray, Allen, I'm not sure if Ray Allen came later, but uh, Ray Allen, and that's when they had some pretty good years and yeah. uh, pushed Seattle and back into a playoff contention. The Sean Kemp baby making days. Uh, it may have been a little before that, but uh, man, <laughs> making the city, all of the babies. The city sure remembers that time. <laughs> he left a lot behind there. A lot behind. Babies and memories. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah, really cool. I was. It was interesting to see how, unlike the NBA, you got to see the last, the four spots that didn't make it into the playoff contention get to kind of duke it out for their ranking spot. Um, so those are the first two games, um, was Killer Threes and Ball Hogs and Threes Company versus Tri-State. So that was pretty cool. You know, you really get your money's worth instead of just cutting half the league out. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like all four of those teams were playing competitive basketball and we're really trying um yeah you know then to start us off with the killer threes versus ball hogs our first game of the evening really a battle for not last yeah 
it was actually pretty close throughout. Uh, Killer 3s pulled ahead at the beginning. Man, really make just teasing us again, just making us think they were going to get another win. And yep. uh, Xavier Silas kind of helped them, um, you know, catch back up. And then Derek Byers just really having a strong game and, and pushing uh, ball hogs up in that uh, second half. Yeah, not to mention Brian Scalabrini dropped 12 points this game, you guys. That is that is more than all of his other games combined. I'm, I'm almost 100% certain of that. It just goes to show you that if you talk enough shit, eventually Brian will hear and he will do something about it. It may be their literal last week in the league where it doesn't make a shit, but it'll happen at some point. That's right, you guys. The chosen one, Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Derek Byers dropped 21, which is really impressive. Um, Xavier Silas, again, you know, a big pickup for Ball Hawks. It just sucks that the rest of their team is not nearly on the same level that he is. But he dropped 13 points, you know, um, which is great. Uh, and actually, in this game, no one on Ball Hawks, I think, even attempted. Well, no, okay, sorry. Dominic McGuire attempted one four point shot but his only shot of the game yeah <laughs> uh way to make the most of it though dominic i know right um and actually everyone on ball hogs shot better than 50 percent from three yeah which is nuts yeah yeah even brian scalabrini 100 percent Derek byers and xavier silas 50 percent yeah and actually in the post-game conference um rick barry was giving the team a lot of accolades and praise um, saying, you know, we shot 50% from the three for the game. I mean, that's amazing. He goes, and then, of course, as I'm telling Jimmy, wow, you know, in the post-presser, he was being really nice. You know, you would have thought Rick Barry would have something ill to say. And then right after he gives them that praise, he's like, then I kept telling you, keep fucking up and this one, you know, and he, then he goes off on a whole tangent. And I was like, there it is. There's the Rick Barry we know and love. Yeah, Rick Barry pretty much wearing the same scowl he does every game. Yeah. Uh, and surprised he was nice enough in the press conference to uh to step away from it for a second but glad to see he brought it back i want to say it's very unsettling to see that face give praise i actually felt more comfortable when he was belittling his team yeah it just really does make you feel at home yeah um and this one i mean for poor killer threes you i mean chauncey again didn't play um that means chauncey has officially played four out of nine weeks yeah, yeah, and uh, poor Steven Jackson just played his trill heart out. Yeah, and, seriously. Uh, again, with nothing to show for it. Uh, and as Killer Threes, I believe, were tied 46-46 with Ball Hogs before Ball Hogs pulled away. And uh, just another case of them not being able to close out a game. Yeah, I mean, in this one, I, uh, Reggie Evans, you may not have really seen him, but he played 13 minutes. He didn't do a damn thing, but he definitely was technically on the court for 13 minutes yeah it appears that killer threes found a weapon in brian cook uh just a little too late in the season uh he got hot last week and uh continued his strong shooting from three at least this week but still uh, again not enough to push them over the hump and i want you guys to know that it's not just because we are steven jackson fanboys from his spurs years and everything this is how well he's been playing steven jackson dropped 27 points in a 50 point game and still had a negative 13 on plus minus 
Yeah, yep. It was a real shit sandwich for him this week. And uh, this week and pretty much every week that Chauncey hasn't been on the court. Yeah. And upside, though, Steven Jackson, only four-point shot made of the whole game. So I'll take that. Yes. I'm sure he'll take that, too. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, ball hogs, you take that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, we'll quickly move on to the next game. We had uh, Tri-State going on uh, Three's Company. Both teams really fought towards the end of the season, trying to get a placement in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately for both, it was too little too late, but this was going to be an exciting match to see. Yes, both teams really strong competition. Uh, I mean, really even. Yeah. And uh, Three's Company just seemed like Andre Owens gave him that little push towards the end uh, to get them over. And uh, Al Thornton. Having a great game. Yeah, surprising. 24 points. Yeah, uh, 9 for 17. Nine for, yeah, 9 for 17. That's not bad. That's pretty damn good. So, Yeah, and um, DeMar Johnson having a really another really tough game, but yeah. just making those hustle plays that really helped Three's company uh, in the end. I know he got a steal and uh, a block there towards the end of the game. So uh, he he was played he was a captain for a reason and uh, even though he had an off night shooting, he really did step up uh, in the clutch. Mike Sweeney, unfortunately, um, zero points for the game uh, on seven minutes of play. Maybe all of that cake just finally caught up to him. Well, uh, I think he still had some grease on his hands from all <laughs> that fried chicken, but uh, you know, Mike Sweeney still. Still giving solid minutes, contributing in the category of field goal attempts. There you go. That's always so, always great. So, uh, but yeah, Tri-State uh, putting up a pretty good, pretty good fight. Uh, Lee Nalon having a good game. Mike James, just a gunner like always. Yeah. And uh, Dominique McGuire and Lou Amundsen really just kind of doing the hustle plays. Well, Lou Amundsen mostly. Dominic McGuire, not a great game. Yeah, um, and it, it's kind of interesting how, you know, Tri-State seemed to play a more round game of basketball, a better rounded game of basketball, and they had one less person on their team. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's surprising, but when that extra person for Three's Company is David Hawkins, it, it tends not to matter. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, David Hawkins and Mike Sweetney. Those are the choices you get. Yep. Um, this was actually, though, I will say, the most excited I've seen Allen Iverson in anything involved in what's been going on this season. Maybe except for gambling. But, I mean, we didn't get to see video. You just saw pictures. But he was actually, like, yelling and kind of jumping up and down. And when they kind of pulled out the win at the very end, uh, you know, he was going crazy. Which, I'm like... Is it hard to muster up that sort of excitement for the rest of the season? Like, you know everyone's here to see you, and even just coaching, you could be excited about it. Yeah, I'd say it was the most excitement he's shown this season and the least excitement for him that Three's Company his teammates yeah. have shown. Um, they didn't really quite ignore him so much as they were annoyed by his presence. Yeah. But... I'd say it was know, like having a an overexcited fan or something there. So they're just like, okay, whatever, you know. Yeah. Try yeah. to be polite about it, but at the same time, you know, this person is just kind of an annoyance at this point, so you just keep pushing through. 
Yeah. And um, but Three's Company, you know, I'm glad they got the win. I think both of us have become big fans of Andre Owens as the season has gone along. Yeah. It was good to see him get a get a nice win in there at the end of the season for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both of these teams, like I said, I really enjoyed watching them towards the end of the season. You could see two teams that really, I mean, honestly kind of got the short end of the stick, too. You know, with Tri-State, um, they had a couple people get injured and knocked out fairly yeah. early on. And um, Three's Company, just all of that crap surrounding Allen Iverson so it was fun seeing both of these teams really kind of charge back towards the end. They seemed really re-energized. Um, especially have a heartbreaking loss Three's Company had last week. So oh, Yeah, yeah, it was good to see them bounce back. And, uh, well, we'll have to see what they do uh, next season. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait. Um, and, you know, the nice thing, too, is that they redraft. They've already said that they'll redraft every year. So that should be interesting to see where other people end up and what the teams have. Yeah, uh, Andre Owens certainly do, certainly seems to like he'll go higher next year. Yeah, him and Steven Jackson, I imagine, will be on much better teams, I would hope, next year. Yep, and uh, hopefully the tag team of Lee Nalon and Lou Amundsen might stay together, though. <laughs> Just for the fans. I mean, unless the NBA calls them both back. I mean, you never know. It's certainly possible. There's a real, <laughs> there's a real need for... Uh, Brony Tales in the NBA, so Lou Amundsen may have to just grow that shit back out. If Step he, back up. If he wants an NBA career, that's true. He will have to have a ponytail. <laughs> oh, moving on to the third game. So now we're actually in the playoff contenders. Um, we have the second-place three-headed monsters versus the third-place power. Um, power you kind of saw go, I mean, with the exception of last week, they definitely went into a backslide there and not really sure how they were going to go in this game um i know we both called them i think we were probably fairly wrong on every one of our choices not necessarily who was going to win but just how far apart we thought the games were going to be so uh yeah for this one i was absolutely wrong i thought three-headed monsters was just going to blow out power yeah and it was Fairly close throughout. I mean, three-headed monsters really took control towards the end of the first half, and uh, it made it look like they were going to pull away, but, man, did power fight back in the second half and make this really close. I mean, it got 46-46 before Rashard Lewis made a crazy difficult uh, contested shot, and then, uh, man, uh, three-headed monsters, did they get a break when... uh, I'm not sure if it was... Momad, who stole the ball from Junkyard Dog, but stole the ball, passed it to Richard for the layup yeah. and uh, to, to win the game. That that was tight. Yeah, and actually, um, top 10 league player Jerome Williams, 12 points. I, I was as surprised as anyone. But uh, <laughs> no, he actually did have a, a good game. I'll have to give him credit. But he could not secure that rebound at the end. Yeah. And uh, whenever they stole it from him and, and passed it to Richard for the game winner, man, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other interesting thing I've seen, too, is just how much it seems that Rasul Butler is just almost bringing this team down. You know, I mean, he was so good on ball hogs, it was almost ridiculous to have him be on that team. And you thought him going into power, it was going to make them better. But, I mean, he had five points this week. 
Yeah, I'm two, two for eleven. 11. Yeah. How the hell do you do that? It was not been a good trade for Rasul Butler. Yeah. Uh, but really, what what happened with Power was they needed Catino Mobley to step up and be their star scorer, and he shot five of twenty and yeah. just, you know, uh, couldn't quite be that that lead scoring figure that Power needed. Yeah, Catino Mobley. I mean, for the majority of the season. It was him, Richard Lewis, and Steven Jackson all up in the, like, way ahead of everyone else scoring-wise for the league. Yeah. And then Katina Mobley just had a sharp turn, like, downturn, um, probably the last three weeks or so. Yeah. Um, Not really, to say that he's bad. He's gotten over 10 points every time, but still. Just a lot more inefficient. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, 5 for 20 is miserable. Uh, not that power really has people that shoot lights out. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson, 3 for 11, so... Always helpful. At least Paul McPherson went one for two. And Jerome Williams, five for seven. Yeah, yeah. Deshaun Stevenson uh, falling back to his statistical average for his three-point shot, <laughs> uh, going two for seven. And it's just tough to live by the three the way he does because, man, when it's not on, does it really backfire for your team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as usual, three-headed monsters, I mean – Fairly well-rounded. Uh, you had Rashard Lewis and Abdul Roof kind of just breaking away from everyone else. Rashard with 21 points and Abdul Roof with 16. Paul May Brown dropping in a solid, meaty four points. Eddie's Bazin with six and Kareem Rush with three. Not that we expected a lot out of either of them, um, but... It was great to hear Gary Payton telling Kwame Brown that he's fine, just calm the fuck down. Um... <laughs> uh, after Kwame got mad. But, you know, uh, Kwame is what Kwame is. And he was not good this game. No. Luckily, One for four from free throws. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, an atrocious 27% for the line uh, for the season for Kwame. And uh, luckily for him, Rashard Lewis and Momad are the polar opposite when it comes to shooting. And yes. they just carried the team to victory. Absolutely. Um, yeah, Rashard Lewis, man. Oh, actually, at this point, I know that the regular season's over, but I think this means Steven Jackson has outscored <laughs> Rashard Lewis. Uh, yeah, we're going to be keeping track of that for yes. everyone listening, so don't you worry. Steven Jackson is now the leading scorer oh, in this in He this is league. by three points, guys. Yeah. And actually, Rashad McCants passed Katina Mobley. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, we'll get into that game oh, in yeah. a second. Yeah, but that's right. um, Katina Mobley was like solidly in third place for a while. But as we said, last few weeks have really tanked out. I think, honestly, I think with power, the big thing with getting Rasul Butler over there is they had a lot of like tall, lanky dudes that I don't think they knew what the hell to do with. Yeah, they really him and Jerome Williams almost play the same kind of position. So it's kind of. Well, Jerome Williams really played their big uh, yeah. for most of the season, and I, I think they were hoping Rasul Butler could kind of play that, but some teams just had too big of uh, of centers, yeah. and I guess we'll call them centers for, for lack of a better term in the three-person league, but uh, Rasul Butler really kind of caught in between because Deshaun Stevenson and Katino Mobley really playing that guard forward position, and... You know, I, I'm going to assume that was the problem there because um, it really was just a, took a strange turn right after that trade. Yeah, which it went in the opposite direction. Ball hogs got better, 
and started, I actually won a couple of games and power started really struggling. So uh, again, I think a lot of this is, you know, the trades didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. There wasn't really a whole lot of anyone saying why people, certain people were traded and that sort of thing or how they figured all that out. I think a lot of it was they saw some teams that just were not going to make the playoffs and tried to trade their best players up for the other team's, you know, worst players. And I think on some instances, especially with power, that just did not work out in their favor. Yeah, you know what's strange is I really can't think of a scenario where it did work out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, most of the top teams had their players set. And, um, you know, it, it just odd that you would think it would have worked out better for some but i'd say for the most part the trades really had no impact this season yeah absolutely i think if anything all it did was help teams that had no chance of making the playoffs win a couple of kind of garbage games and that was it yeah outside of xavier silas on ball hogs uh, that's really the probably the best trade for anyone in the season yeah absolutely um so the power end up losing that one to three-headed monsters 50 to 46 it was a close one. Uh, actually, Power outscored Three-Headed Monsters in the second half by four points. So they really tried to make a comeback and just couldn't close it out. So Yeah, and uh, it was good to see Richard Lewis get the game winner in his hometown. Well, uh, basketball hometown of Seattle. Yeah, and you know, speaking of Richard Lewis, he is really enjoying... I don't know if everyone's not keeping up with it maybe as much as we are, but he actually just wrote a diary kind of post on the big three website you can check it out where he just talked about how much he's enjoying playing in this league and it's really cool to have one of the marquee players talk about how much fun it is to be in this league i think that's going to help bring people over that want to play basketball but are maybe you know are not in the nba anymore and aren't sure about coming back into this league or something like that and i mean he seems to just really enjoy playing in this game oh yeah definitely and uh it certainly seemed like he and uh, Gary Payton, who talked afterwards after the game about uh, getting a basketball team back into Seattle, and they're, they're both really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was great to hear from them. And it was great to see them in their kind of basketball hometown element. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he even, so Richard Lewis quotes himself as saying, I already feel like I'm playing in the NBA here in the big three. That's how much fun it is, and that's how professional it is. So I yeah. think... That just goes to show how well um, Ice Cube and company have really been running this thing, kind of tweaking everything week to week. They, I'm sure they're, obviously they're taking in audience, uh, you know, input because they've changed so many things that we've talked about on here that, you know, other people have talked about on Twitter and things like that, changing and moving things along. It's really just been evolving every week as we go further and further along, which is the best way to do something in its inaugural season. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think uh, we came into this with the idea that it was going to be more spectacle than sport. Yeah. And uh, that was not the case. You know, they really, really buckled down and focused on the basketball aspect. And uh, they, have a they have a high quality product on their hands now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm so excited to see where we go next season. So on to the final game of the evening. It was uh, Trilogy versus Ghost Ballers. We have the one versus four spot. Um, this one, actually, I'm pretty sure we were on the money with this one. Of all yeah. the games, I think we were almost exactly on the money with how this one was going to turn out. Yeah, uh, Ghost Ballers came out hot. Ricky Davis. Seriously. Dropping four pointers. 
And uh, really what I thought was going to happen in that Ghost Ballers were going to jump on them and that Trilogy was going to have to battle their way back. Uh, unfortunately for Ghost Ballers, they really hit a wall there in the second half. Could not get past that 30 po- uh, 32 to 39 point uh, yeah. kind of stretch there. Yeah, and it was rough to watch because Trilogy just came back and... I believe it went on an 18 to 2 run on them. And I mean, it was so Ghostballers went into the second half 25 to 17. So they're up by eight points and just got decimated in the second half. And it really was not until towards the end. I mean, they hit, you know, as Jimmy said, they hit like 33 points, something like that. And they were still up and just could not do any, just like shut down after that. Couldn't score, and uh, I know it was uh, difficult to match up with Trilogy size. I mean, they really took advantage of Mike Bibby down there, and um, you know Rashad McCants had a uh, he had a pretty good game uh, for by his standards anyway with 19 (laughs) points, and uh, but an inefficient shooting night, and uh, actually mostly came from him jacking up three pointers. Uh, He was not hitting tonight, but uh, Al Harrington with a solid game. And James White contributing his usual, uh, you know, eight to ten points. Also with this the, game, like clutch game winner at the end. Um, Ghostballers just—it wasn't even just a lack of scoring, but they just kept turning it over, over and over and over again towards wow. the end of the game. I mean, you had at the very end, it was uh, I think forty-seven to thirty-nine. Yeah. And Ghostballers had just scored, I think, twice in a row, and they're starting to come back. And Ricky Davis with just a piss-poor pass to Ivan Johnson that gets intercepted by Rashad McCants. McCants tosses it over to James White at the three, and he nailed it, and that was it. That was the end of the game. Yeah. Also, the other big thing was, um, I'm not quite sure if it was just because Mike Bibby was on the court, but Trilogy just dominating the boards. I mean, they must have gotten, I can't tell you how many offensive rebounds they got, but it was quite a bit. Actually, I can. It was seven (laughs) offensive rebounds. (laughs) And 25, though. Holy shit. Yeah. And Overall. they just really dominated the boards. And I, 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 that was a big contributing factor to their comeback. Yeah, especially if you look at their points in the paint. Trilogy with 24 points in the paint. Ghostballers, 8. Yep. Uh, Ghostballers were really trying to rely on their outside shooting, which makes sense. They, they were never going to be able to dominate the paint with guys like Al Harrington and Kenyon Martin down there. Yeah. But... Really, you you know, if they were living by the outside shot, then they were hot in the first half. They were ice cold in the second, and it, it's what led to their loss. Well, that was interesting, too, is that, I mean, I think because of the size of Trilogy, they're able to, since we're only playing half court, they're able to get back on defense quickly, right? So they're able to get out to the three because um, Ghost Ballers only had four three-point three goal attempts. They made three of the four. Which is good, but at the same time, like, holy shit, man. That's yeah. the only thing you have. Yeah, a lot of deep twos, which yeah. is, uh, as you all may know, not the best shot to take. No. They'll tell Marcus Aldridge that, though. Well, yeah, that's Future true. big three player, Marcus Aldridge. 2018, everyone. Yeah. If Greg Popovich has anything to do with it, it'll be immediate. Um, but, sorry, taking a little dig there, but... Yeah, it was, it was interesting just the way that they, you know, Ghostballers, again, they they were very similar to Power in that 
just started kind of tanking out towards the end of the season. I mean, each of those teams was able to win a crucial game last week to make it to the playoffs, but at the same time, they were playing teams that didn't really matter as much. And, you know, that's kind of what we talked about when we were going over these exact same games last week where we said these two guys, like, you know, the teams they were playing against, it didn't really matter that much. So kind of easy wins for them. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, and this was still a pretty competitive game, though. You got to give Ghost Ballers credit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ricky Davis, you know, just playing his game, just letting it fly. I scored a nice 15 points for him. Yeah. Uh, you were probably hoping for a little bit more from Ivan Johnson. But again, that size from Trilogy probably neutralized him quite a bit. And, uh, you know, that trash talk from Kenyon Martin probably got in his head too. <laughs> and actually, Ricky Davis was the only four-point... So he actually only had the two uh, four-point shots of the game, and he made one of them. So... Way to be, Ricky. Way I know, right? Be. Yeah, Mike Bibby, just, I love him, but, yeah, just very disappointing in the latter half of the season. Yeah, and, uh, again, tough to tell whether it was just the size of Trilogy, especially on the perimeter. You know, James White and Rashad McCants, both, you know, at least two to three inches bigger than Mike Bibby, yeah. uh, both of them, and a lot more athletic. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the... Uh... Trilogy ended up taking that one 50 to 39, which again, I think both of us claimed somewhere around the 10 point range that that's how this was going to go. So that would at least we got. I think we might have missed all the others, but. See, I actually had the opposite where I, I thought that Ghost Ballers were going to come out hot and, and jump on Trilogy, but I did not see them going through that icy cold stretch. I think I had them at like 46 to 50. Yeah. And, and that was the thing too, is that there was seemingly no point where you see them slowing down it was just a halt yeah just yeah. out of nowhere that was it they were like dead in the water so i could not put the ball in the basket oh god that honestly uh, it was I tough love ricky watch. davis but that last pass where he just kind of lobbed it around and mccants picked it up and it was just like you knew when mccants decided not to shoot it and he was passing at james white you knew that shot was going to go in and that was going to be the end of the game yeah so. yeah Interesting stuff, but uh, exciting for next week. We have the championship, you guys. So make sure to watch it before you hopefully don't pay for the Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather fight. Yeah, uh, we have what was probably the most inevitable basketball matchup since Golden State Cleveland yep. in Trilogy versus Three-Headed Monsters. Yes. Uh, but I am excited to see it. They were by far the best two teams in the league this year. And, uh, man, I, I can't wait to see Gary Payton go at Rick Mahorn. Oh, and, and the best part is is that both of these teams have been far and away the best two teams in the league all year. And so Gary Payton and Rick Mahorn have been going at it all year. I think from the moment Trilogy beat Three-Headed Monsters in, what was that, like week two or something, yeah, yeah, that so. it has just been nothing but Gary Payton gunning for his spot the whole time. Yep, and uh, hopefully we see a little bit more of that. Now oh, that's Saturday. all I want. That's all I want. Hopefully Gary Payton wears something Las Vegas-ish, because if you guys didn't see last night or you didn't see the recaps, Gary Payton rocking full grunge Seattle outfit. He's got jeans and a plaid long sleeve shirt on. It was pretty amazing. He played in Seattle during the 90s, so he knows his grunge. He does. 
And uh, yeah, like you were saying, I cannot wait uh, for next week. Uh, there's only going to be two games next week. It's going to be uh, the Trilogy versus Three-Headed Monsters. And then it's going to be a 3-4 matchup with yep. Ghost Ballers taking on power. Yep. So still should be uh, two competitive games. Yeah, and as we said, this one is on Saturday, so it's a little different than it normally has been. All these have been on Sunday, and then they've been played uh, on FS1 on Monday evenings, right? But this one is on Saturday, and it's live. So it's going to be on Fox, actually. So make sure you check your local listings. It's supposed to be 11 a.m. Pacific, so that's 1 p.m. Central Time, which is where we are. That's when the doors open. The runner-up game starts, so Power versus Ghost Ballers starts at noon Pacific, so 2 p.m. here. Championship is at 3.30 Central Time. So that should be pretty interesting. There's going to be a lot of just everything back-to-back. Um, should be pretty awesome. I'm, I'm very excited. So they said the live coverage on Fox begins at 1.30 Pacific, so that's 3.30 here. Okay, so I guess I'm not exactly sure how that's going to work out. I'm just reading this out loud to myself right now. So I guess they won't be playing it live. They'll just be airing it right after it takes place. Um, oh, no. Or you just won't get to see the runner-up game. for. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to go down. So if I were you, just to be safe, if the runner-up game starts at 2 p.m. Central, just maybe turn on Fox at 2 and see what happens. See if it starts up. So that's kind of interesting huh. how they're doing it. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm not quite sure what... I guess like an hour and a half there. delay almost? Well, it couldn't be live coverage then. Maybe yeah, that's it's, interesting. Unless they just maybe completely skip the runner-up game. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. And, and then into... have the live coverage of the championship. And then maybe they'll air the uh, runner-up game afterward. We don't know what the hell's happening here, guys. Uh, this is we'll all see. guesswork on our part. Yeah, I think... So Ice Cube has said that, you know, nobody even really gets, like, a TV contract when starting something like this. So I think he's hoping that with all of the, you know, good press and everything behind this, that maybe next year they'll actually get to air these live. Which, yeah. please, no. God, that would be so much better. It takes us... Three to, we have to have an entire 24-hour period, over 24 hours, we have to stay away from Twitter so we don't see anything that ruins how the game went. And then on top of that, you have to watch it Monday night, and then we record the next day. So it's like three days of shit that we have to do. So Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so it'll be, hopefully we'll get to see, I'm assuming we'll be seeing the championship game live, and uh, we'll get to experience that. I'm, I'm curious as to how they're going to do it, and... Uh, should be fun, though. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, honestly, if ESPN can do fucking drone racing and shit for like three hours a day, then I think we could get a TV contract for Big 3. Well, I, I mean, it's not, it's no drone racing, but uh, <laughs> it will be good. It will be exciting. It's not lawnmower racing. This isn't ESPN the Ocho here, guys. Uh, <laughs> we can... We can certainly hope that we will beat the lawnmower racing, but yeah, right. uh, we don't want to make any promises here. Yeah. So tune in and uh, help Big Three out. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's on Fox, so you don't have to have, you know, cable or satellite or anything. You should be able to get it. So that should be pretty great. It's a good way to start drinking before you go watch the fight after, because I know everyone's gonna watch it. But even though I think it's a sham, I'm just calling you out. Calling you out, Mayweather. 
Well, maybe you can encourage them to drink so much during this game that they don't make it to the fight. That's true. Or maybe Conor McGregor can just be really drunk when he fights Floyd Mayweather. I think we're all going to be really drunk then, so yeah. Uh, yeah. more power to us. All I can hope... Okay, so we'll just... I'm bringing this to the fight for a second. <laughs> all I can hope is... I know he would never agree to it, but we. I want Floyd Mayweather... I want the rematch to be MMA style. Yeah. He will yeah. never, ever agree to it. No. Nope. But I think that's the only way this could be even. Uh, yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. Again, I don't think Floyd would do it no. whatsoever no. because he is an ass and he's <laughs> going to make $300 million. <laughs> and he, so. he makes so much money, he gets to choose who he will beat and make and assuredly that that will happen. So hopefully McGregor gives him a run for his money. I would like to see a Floyd Mayweather fight that isn't completely lopsided. I haven't seen anything good since the uh, De La Hoya fight. And that was oh, 10 years ago. Yeah, don't think you're going to see it this uh, this weekend. but Nope. <clears throat> if anyone can get a good sucker punch in, I feel like Conor McGregor might be able to. Uh, although Floyd Mayweather known for the sucker punch. Very so. true. That's very true. That's a lot. You guys, this is the, welcome to the big three slash boxing slash just, MMA. Yeah, slash. exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm really excited about the championship. I think this is going to be awesome. I all of this is build up that's making me more excited for next season. You yeah, know what I definitely. Mean? And so, uh, well, actually, what we'll do for next week is we want to do a, a redraft. So I think next week we're going to have our podcast that we do right after the championship is done and everything. We'll talk about that. We'll kind of do a run through of how, you know, the season went overall, what we're looking forward to for next year. And I think, you know, we'll do a redraft. We may have to split that into two episodes so you don't have like a two hour long podcast to listen to, but I think that should be pretty fun. So if any of you guys have any suggestions on redraft or literally anything you want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter at the big three on fire pod or on you can comment on our SoundCloud page or whatever you feel like doing. Yeah, and uh, go to Vegas. Yeah. Watch the game, watch the fight, do whatever. Yeah. But uh, make sure you tune in at perhaps 4.30 <laughs> Eastern on Fox. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll be back next week with all of our coverage of the championship for Big 3. It's been an awesome season so far. I'm really excited to see how this goes down. And uh, yeah, if you have anything, you can go on the Reddit page for Big 3, comment on there. That's always fun. Always a lot of good input. And we will see you guys next week.